Praise God. Are you being blessed? Amen. Shall we pray? Abba Father, we thank you. Everlasting Father, we bless you. What an awesome God, what an awesome Abba Father you are. Thank you for all the blessings you brought our way today. Daddy, as we continue, we just hand everything over to you. We say, Daddy, you will perfect that which you've started in the midst of your children today. To the end that your name and your name and your name alone shall be glorified. And our joy shall be full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another shout out to the drama and the dance team. Woo! Amen. Shall we be seated? So today we're looking at the topic that says, grow in the knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We saw the problem, the lack of knowledge, what well, it does. And our text is taken from 2 Peter 1 verse 2. It says, may, God, may grace, God's favor and peace which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. When I look at the NLT, just quick, sharp, when straight, say, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Amen? See, you see, when you go down to 2 Peter 3, verse 18, it begins to talk, when you go from the first verse 10, it begins to talk about the day of the Lord that is coming. Then he went on again to talk about all the signs that people will see. Then he went on to talk about Paul, how Paul had, you know, Peter is all about reminding us of what has been written and what has been, you know, said. So he said, as Paul told us, rightly told us, and then he ended with, you already know these things. You, but then, he says, rather, Verse 17, he says, you already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, that's my own, verse 18. He says, rather, what do you do, rather? As you're waiting for the time of the Lord, as you're going through whatever you're going through, they were going through a lot. He says, be careful, because there will be errors. False teachers will be there, spreading their own gospel. It says, but you be very careful. What do you do? You cannot lose your own footing. It rather you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So remember, my main text said, "May God give you more and more." In the NLT, grace and peace. Then he says in the uh, Amplified Classic, it tells us he says. Quickly, he says, may grace, God's favor, and peace. He began to, add, you know, A and P began to 
define what that peace is. Say, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, whatever. You see, he was asking his son. The son said, can I not get a new top, a new coat? I've been wearing this since 10 years. This must be like three sizes under. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know how kids grow. You're giving them, they wear something for 10 years. It's, not, it's like 10 sizes down. Amen. It's like every year my grandkids are changing their stuff, the way they grow. Then he says again, he says in another definition, he continues to say, freedom from fears and agitating passions and freedom from moral conflicts. He says, may this grace be multiplied to you. It's not, by, it's not even increased, 10 plus 10, 20. It's 10 by 10, 10 times 10, 100. 100 times, not 20. Two plus two, four. No, he wants two times to be multiplied. It's multiplication. Increase by multiplication, amen? Not by addition. That's a lot of difference. So may this grace and peace be multiplied to you. But that's a condition. And then he begins to explain. When, he was, when this thing was going, I was thinking, oh, that's the meaning of this part of the passage. He says this knowledge, he says, let it be multiplied on you. In the full, one, it is full. He didn't get a full knowledge of what the word of God says about prosperity. In the full personal, precise, precise knowledge, correct knowledge. So, we need to be careful. We really, really need to be careful. If God talks about the spirit of God, Puza, in the full knowledge, personal knowledge, precise knowledge, correct knowledge, it means that's an incorrect knowledge. There is an incorrect knowledge, like we saw today. There's one that is half. It's not full knowledge. So we want to stay away by digging deeper to get what the Lord is telling us here. So that, that grace and this peace will be multiplied upon us. Amen. So we need to get the full knowledge, personal knowledge, precise knowledge, correct knowledge of the word of God. Amen. Amen. So at least today we know, and from watching the drama, that the knowledge you have definitely might not be complete knowledge. It might not be the precise knowledge. It might not be exactly the knowledge, the full knowledge that the Bible teaches. Amen. So my question is, why did even God take time to say, why, why didn't he just say um, to grow in the knowledge of God and just stop there? Because we know Jesus is God. But he went on to say, not just in the knowledge of God, but also of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. He went on, there must be a reason. And you know what? Whenever you mention Jesus, redemptive work comes up, right? There will be no redemption without Jesus, right? Amen. You look at me and see if I'm talking jargon, but it's true. Amen. So verse 3 tells us, for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things, everything good that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. All these things have been bestowed, like the daddy was not sharing with them, you know. But it has to come through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. Amen. So you see why you must get the full knowledge, the personal, the precise, the correct knowledge of God so that you now benefit from everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. 
the good news is that this exact knowledge, this full knowledge, they are all found in the word of God. They are all in the word of God. So it's necessary for us to do what? To dig deep every day. Deeper and deeper every day. So we can grow. If you're going to grow, you grow in the knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, physically we need food to grow. Even plants, they need water, they need light. They make their food, they grow. So growth and development doesn't come without food. You need to eat. Science students that are here, you all need to eat, right? To grow and to develop. Same thing with spiritual. For you to grow and develop in this, your spiritual life, you need to do what? Eat it. You need to eat the word of God daily. Amen. Jeremiah says, when I discovered, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, when I discovered your words, I devour them, that my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord. Amen. Who else bears the name of the Lord? We bear the name of the Lord. So it's a tremendous, there's a difference there between having just the knowledge, head knowledge of the word of God and having that revelation knowledge. Amen. That's a great difference. That this one gets to wisdom. That one is just head knowledge. We need to get deeper. Food, when food is left on the shelf, it doesn't do anything for you. That food must become useful to you if you eat it and it's digested in your body. It's metabolized. It comes into the solution, the way your body can utilize it. Same also with the word of God, the things of God, the Bible doctrine. Head knowledge doesn't profit us anything. For that word of God to become alive in us, we need to digest it. We need to meditate on it. Praise the Lord. That's how we get our spiritual nourishment. So we can now do what grow and develop. It, it, it defies us, nourishes us, and then we grow and develop. Amen? I saw a quote that says, you know, God's will for the unbeliever is to believe in Jesus. But what is own will for us? Today we saw that God's will for the believer, for you and I, is to grow spiritually. And we do this by means of learning, studying, metabolizing, applying the word of God in every aspect of life. They did it. They applied it. And see how they, this couple, they were dancing, jubilating, praising God. Because they got this full knowledge, precise knowledge of the word of God. And our other couple didn't. Amen. So in verses 4 to 5, it says, For these, for by these he has bestowed on us the precious and magnificent prophecies, promises of inexpressible value, so that by them, by them, by these promises, this is, the promises are the word of God, complete word of God, precise. So through them, you begin to escape the immoral freedom that is in the world. You escape. You also become a sharer of the divine nature as you do what? You take time to dig, dig. Dig, digger. Dig deeper and deeper and deeper so that you can get out the juice from the word of God. Amen. And by this word now, everything through this same word, this, this, this exact word, this um, precise word, this full word, correct word, Everything that you need that is good comes to you. You also escape this immoral freedom that is in the world now. And then you also become that sharer of divine nature. Amen. 
Colossians, this is how important the word of God is, that Paul went on in Colossians 1, verses 9 to 10. He says, for this reason, we also from the day we had our feet, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. This is the prayer of the Spirit praying for you, for me. And then you can see the essence. Why? What's the, what's, the, what's the purpose of this? He says in verse 10, that you may now begin to walk. You begin to live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. If you're going to live worthy of something, you're comparing that thing with you, Right? Yes, you're comparing you, how you live, with how Christ lived. The life of God, the characteristics. That is why you have to have this, this knowledge, exact, precise, full knowledge. So that you begin to walk in such a way that is pleasing, in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. And desiring to please him in all things. And then you begin to bear fruit in every good work. As you steadily grow and increase in the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, clearer insights, acquaintance, and recognition. That is the essence. When you go deeper and you study this word and make sure you're getting, you study, you do references, get different translations, depend on the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you why. As you do that, God is bringing more light, more light to be shed illumination of your heart, the eyes of your heart, revelation knowledge begin to come as you eat this word, meditate on it. You know how cows, sheep will eat some, they regurgitate. It comes out, they eat it back, it comes out again. That's how you do. You go to that scripture, you look at it, you compare it with the other, you go back again, you continue, you meditate, you, and then you renew your mind. Amen. The spirit of God uses that word to do what? Bring renewal. Amen. You begin to think differently. You begin to think in line with what the word of God is. God says about you. Amen. I will be fast because time is not. So, look at Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. He says, and his gift. Praise the Lord. I don't want to skip anything in my bid to rush. So, Ephesians 4, 11, 13 begins to address the church. He says, and his gift. We are varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers, and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shapers of his flock, and teachers. He gave us all this in the church, and some of us will not even take the time to come to Sunday school so you can be taught so that the world will be expounded. He gave us all these people to help us. See, we will not even listen. Take time to sit down, listen to Bible study. Go back again. Get the scriptures there, the passages. Go through them again. Meditate on them. That's how we all grew Sunday school. Bible study. Take the notes and use them for your quiet time. Use them for your morning devotion, for your night devotion. Amen. He gave us all these ones. What is his intention? His intention was, that verse 12, his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints 
his consecrated people. Why? That they should do the work of ministering. God equips them, helps them, so that they will do the work of ministering towards the body, Christ's body, the church. That this church we might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we may arrive, we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard heights of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. That is why he gave us all these gifts in the church, the pastors, the teachers, all of them, that are here to help us, to minister to us, so we can come to that level. Amen? That God wants us to come to. And I like how the ERV put it. It says, our goal is to become like a full-grown man, to look just like Christ and have all his perfection. Praise God. So going forward, I don't think it's a good idea. We'll begin to, you know, exempt ourselves from some of those responsibilities. We'll begin to uh, stay away from Bible studies or um, Sunday school classes that we just started. God is blessing us. And we have other ministries where the word of God is spoken. Women's ministry, the men's ministry, the life center. This church, we are blessed. We have the word. Praise the Lord. I better keep moving. Amen. <laughs> so we don't want to be like the people that we saw in Timothy that said that they were ever studying and studying and never coming to the full knowledge, revelation knowledge of the truth. We don't want to be that. Amen. We want to increase in the knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ, and then get to know all that concerns our rede the redemptive work that he did for us on the cross. First Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God. And for a purpose. Why did God even bother to give us this Holy Spirit? He says this Spirit is given to us that we might realize, one, comprehend, which is to understand, appreciate the gifts of divine favor. And blessing so freely given to us. It is your right to go and know. When you know, if you don't know it, how can you be, be appreciative? How can you even begin to, you can't even recognize, you can't appreciate. Like Philemon was telling us, Philemon once he says, and I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition, appreciation, again, understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in this, our identification with Christ. We have so many goodies. Amen. But we need to go back and study and know these things that have been given to us free of charge. This knowledge of him, you know, the knowledge of Jesus, you know, is in the word of God, that same word. See, Jesus promised us, God just doesn't leave us like that. He always gives us help. He says, Jesus promised to give us, send us a comforter that will guide us into this truth, that will give to us that revelation of the Father's will. So I will know exactly. He gave Paul that revelation of the finished work. We also have the revelation of what Christ did, that revelation of when Jesus Christ was made sin for you and I. And he stood on that cross, he died on that cross, he arose from the dead. He carried his own blood. Oh, he carried his blood into that holy of holies to the supreme judge of all the earth. 
the blood was accepted as our substitute. In your place, he became the substitute. The blood was accepted. You should be doing a break dance. Each time I say, Chai, what, 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 why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to just label ourselves for nothing? His work was accepted. It's a perfect redemption for us, for you. And then he now sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high because he already completed the redemption and it met every demand of justice. Whatever justice demanded, it met it. And guess what? Every need of yours. Amen? If you want to go without it, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not going without any need. If I have it, I'll get it. Amen? He made it available. He paid the price in full. So according to that First Corinthians 2.12, he says the Holy Spirit, who is from God, it wasn't given to us in vain. He wasn't given to us in vain. It is for you and I to know those things. Like I'm saying, I'm beginning to realize, I'm beginning to appreciate, I'm beginning to thank God. And we have a right to know those things. Amen. All those redemptive work. That is why we must get acquainted and come to understanding. And I read about going close, read more, go to those um, um, Pauline, um, Pauline um, scriptures. Look at Philippians. You begin to see all those rights. Look at Colossians. You begin to see them in Ephesians. We are believers. We should be led into all this, the knowledge of our rights and privileges in Christ. That full knowledge, exact, precise knowledge. And then, you, that is, look at Colossians 1.2. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you and I, qualified us, and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people. You know, sometimes when somebody dies, some bad people are looking forward to the day that the will will be read. All they want to know is that inheritance, the will. We have this one given to us. One that is beyond, you cannot, you just cannot, you, words cannot describe the kind of inheritance that we have. Amen. But he never leaves us without help. Look at this one. Look at how, how he loves us. Look at John 16, verse 13. When I looked at the MSG, you know how MSG just goes and puts everything together. I didn't know how to separate it. I just took the whole thing. So verses, I wanted verse 13, but it started from verse 12. It says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the Holy Spirit of the truth, I'm glad it says of the truth, the truth. He will take you by the hand. And guide you into the truth there is. He will not draw. He won't draw attention to himself. But we make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed out of all that I have done. Jesus was saying this. All that he has done. The Holy Spirit that he sent him. Has he sent him? Him? He has sent him. So he's going to hold us by the hand and guide us into the whole truth about the finish of the redemptive work. Amen. The spirit of truth is here now. He's guiding us into this reality. If you just so desire and you're asking, you're hungry for it. He's guiding us into this reality, into the fullness of our privileges in Christ. He is doing it. Those of us that are enjoying it, they know I'm speaking the truth. Because this is the word. Amen. He wants to take the things of Christ that where he got from us where they were gotten for you and I. It wasn't for him now, for us. In that substitutionary work, sacrifice that he did. 
it was for us. Everything that he did there, all he got was gotten for us. And he wants to take, you know, the, the best is that the Holy Spirit wants to take them and make them real to you. Because some of us, it's just like stories, novels, right? They're not real. This word is real. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And he's doing for those who are willing, those who are hungry. They want to have this experiential, real, real experience of all this redemptive work. They're seeking to know. They want to get and enjoy the fullness of it. And that is what the Holy Spirit is doing. And let me tell you, since I learned this thing, I don't leave him. Mm -mm. I hold him, you know. I really need this. I need explanation. I need more insight. I need, that is, that, that is what he came to do. Amen? Ephesians 4, 7 tells us. You know, sometimes my husband and I were sharing this thing. We're just going back on this stuff, you know. It wasn't even devotion time, but we just somehow we came up. And then we think how the, how the devil will make you feel like you're too little to enjoy these things. You're too sinful to enjoy these things. Look at how much grace we even have to enjoy. How, you can never enjoy all these things. He makes, it, he makes us to look so little, you know. But then look at verse 7. It says, yet grace, God's undeserved favor was given to each one of us. Not indiscriminately, but in different ways. He knows how I need it. And in the proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant, what? Gift. I don't know how much you need, but he has grace enough. Amen? For you and for I in whatever area that I want. Then he goes on to, in John 1.16 to now explain it, my favorite chapter in the verse. He says, for out of his fullness, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, gifts, heaped upon gifts. You have enough grace. His grace, nyafu nyafu, it abounds. So you'll be able to live in the reality of the fullness of the redemptive work. Amen? So now what do you suppose is the most important thing for you, you know, as a child of God? Is it not to grow in the knowledge of God? And in the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way that all these things will be what? Accord, you can get them. The knowledge of God is the heart of salvation. You know that? And all spiritual experience. Knowing him is what we are created for. Amen? Jesus said about eternal life. Listen, John 17, 3. He says, and this is eternal life. It means to know to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one. This is eternal life. It starts from here. You get to know him intimately. You know what knowing is, you know, in our relationships? It's intimacy. To know somebody, the Bible says, and he knew her. And he knew her, Right? That's intimacy. That's God wants us to come close, to know him, get into the word of God and have this intimate knowledge, amen, of him and of the son, Jesus Christ. Lack of knowledge, we have to run away from it. Isaiah told us it destroys the children of God. We need that knowledge. The knowledge of God is not really the greatest need for us. It is a privilege that we have, Amen. It's a privilege. What do you even boast about when you're boasting? Jeremiah tells us, 9, 23, 24, 
Thus says the Lord, let not the wise and the skillful person glory and boast in his wisdom and skill. Let not the mighty and powerful person glory and boast in his strength and power. Let not the person who is rich in physical gratification and earthly wealth glory and boast in his temporal, that temporal satisfactions and earthly riches. He says you cannot boast on those things because they just, they develop wings. They can do that and just fly away. That temporal. He says, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally, practically, directly designing and recognizing my character that I am the Lord who practices loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That is what you should glory, that you know him. Praise the Lord. We must consider knowing God. He is the greatest treasure in the world. First Corinthians 2, 2 tells us, and I made this decision to know nothing that is to forego. That is Paul, you know. I made this decision to know nothing. That is to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you, except who? Jesus Christ and whom crucified. The meaning, he says, and the meaning of his redemptive, substitutionary death and his resurrection. Paul is striving to know these things. It was for you, the redemptive work. Praise the Lord. And then he comes to Philippians 3, 8 to 10. He says, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ, Christ Jesus, my Lord. And of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. Praise the Lord. This is Paul. Is that your desire today? As you move from here, know that things have changed. Step has changed. Because you're going to get into more revelation as you dig deeper in the word of God. And begin to get into the fullness of all that really belongs to you, your rights and privileges. He comes to verse 10, he says, My determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and re, um, recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly. Praise God. First Corinthians 2, 14 to 16 says, But the natural, non-spiritual man, let me just go to 16. This one does not understand. This language I'm talking about. It says, but the spiritual man tries all things. The, uh, he examines, investigates, inquires into questions and decides all things. Yet, is himself to be put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of everything, but no one can properly design or appraise or get an insight into him. For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purpose of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. He says, but we, you and I, we have the mind of Christ. You may be thinking, okay, how if I'm thinking on godly thoughts, well, you have Second Corinthians, I think it's 4 and 5, it says how to do or to keep those thoughts away from you and bring them to the submission of the word of God. But here he's talking that, you know, this mind of Christ, we know we have it in our spirits. Your spirit is one that is recreated. And as you begin to meditate 
on that word of God daily, begin to meditate on it and begin to renew your mind. The Holy Spirit uses that word to bring a renewal of your mind. The mind of Christ, you need to release it by meditating on it. It's right there in your spirit. Amen. So, as I'm rushing, praise the Lord. So, that knowledge that we're talking about here, like I said, is all contained in the Word of God. But we need to be careful that this Word that we're reading is the exact knowledge in all spiritual wisdom. That this Word that we're reading is the precise knowledge that the Word is the full knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. We need to be very, very careful, especially now that you have all these fake pastors. Oh, God, I was listening to one. This morning I was discussing with my daughter and my husband. I said, this man of God that everybody talks about, I was listening to him. I was hoping to be fed. I just sat and I balanced. I brought my juice. I put it by my side. I put the thing on. I'm sitting down. He started talking and I'm waiting for him to get into the main thing. He kept on talking about demons and the powers and everything. One hour has gone. I said, uh-uh. This is not for me. Praise the Lord. We have to be very, very careful. The knowledge is in the word of God, but we need to be careful. And Jesus has promised that when the comforter comes, he's going to lead us and guide us into this truth. He'll give us a revelation of God's will. We need to do what? Cling more to the Holy Spirit. We need to do what? Cling. Rely on him. Depend on him. So he will help us. Amen. So this redemptive work, the death on the cross, will not be in vain in your life. Amen. We know that he gave Paul this revelation, and we also have our own revelation. Every time I remember that that blood was shed, that he carried it into the innermost sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, to the supreme judge of all the world, he accepted it. And I've been a substitute for a long time. I was a substitute. I know what the substitute does. I do whatever the teacher ought to do for that day. And when I do it, it is marked. It will not be questioned. It will not be queried. It will not be rejected. Praise the Lord. And so when Christ did it, he went on our behalf. He became our substitute. He paid the full price for all your needs. Amen. So remember the scripture I read, the spirit we received is not the spirit of the world. It's the spirit that tells you all about what has been given to you free of charge. Colossians 3.10 says, you have clothed yourself with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. Clothing, if you choose, you've been, you know, you've been clothed with it. He has clothed us with it. If you like, you can walk on it and get deeper and deeper in the study of the word of God. So at this renewal, we begin to appear before men. The remolding will appear before men. You get into fuller, fuller, and fuller, and fuller, and more perfect, perfect knowledge, upon knowledge, upon knowledge, after the image, after the likeness of him who created you. God doesn't force anybody to do anything. Neither does Christ. He gives us a choice. Amen? 
He gives you a choice. Praise the Lord. So we talk about the new birth. When you were born again, you put on the new man. When we say putting on the new man, it just means the new birth. That born again. It is our spirits that are, you know, recreated. So this born, when you talk about being born again and the new, it is just putting on that new man. That is the born again. That is your salvation. Like I've said, the spirit of God through the word of God will continue to renew our minds. And that renewal brings us into that fellowship with the Father. I read 1 Corinthians 2.14. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to skip some of it. Amen. Okay. So Colossians 1.9, where I read before, he told us that we have, um, we have referred, no, I referred to it, we have spoken about, I referred to it before, but what is the essence is that you may be filled. The Spirit was praying, praying for us that we'll be filled with the exact knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So for this reason, he said, since he heard of them, he started praying for them, that the Spirit of God will fill them. That is his prayer for us. But it's not going to fill you in isolation. I want to challenge you today. How many of you are willing to bear that fruit in every good work? It has always been my desire. I look at some Christians, they challenge me. They actually challenge me. And I go back, I begin to think, I say, God, just what am I doing? I don't even know how to get to where I desire to get. I want to see me bearing fruit in every good work. I want to see you bearing fruit in every good work. I want to see you increasing in the exact knowledge. I want to see you increasing in the full knowledge. I want to see you increasing in that precise knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. And as we do this, you begin to enjoy all that he has given to us free of charge. You begin to enjoy all that pertains to life. Is it a good thing? He will not, the father said, uh, father told the son, yes, you can have it. That is God for you. Everything good. He said you will never lack anything good. But it has to come through that precise knowledge, through that exact knowledge, through that full knowledge, through that correct knowledge of God himself and of his son. Jesus Christ. Today is the dance and drama day. Like I said earlier when I came up here, I said my message is short. But by the time you leave here, you'll be dancing because it's going to be a radical transformation. People will begin to come from this level, from this level of success to this level, to this level. It's unlimited. Praise the Lord. So to God be all the glory. Shall we pray? Shall we pray? Bow down your heads. I don't know what you heard me say. It may be a short message. I don't know what you received, but you know what you have received. I want you to begin to ask God for help in any area where you're not getting it. Either getting the exact knowledge, the real knowledge, the full knowledge, or not even depending on the Holy Spirit to help you. 
You're not depending, you're not relying, you're not even beckoning on him, reaching out. Begin to ask God now as you repent.